Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 276. And this week, we don't have a Night Vale episode to recap because it was a repeat. I didn't even look and see what the repeat was this week. I think I saw it and it didn't interest me. So it's probably something we've talked about before. But we do have a lot of other things to talk about. So we're going to start it out with a weekly sip wrap. And I am having some honey whiskey today because I felt it was appropriate to have booze because I've been watching the COVID numbers, which I shouldn't do because it bums me out. Uh, Yeah, I have a white claw because when we were in Florida and I was hanging out with Hannah one evening and we watched some scrubs and drank some white claw and I thought... I, I would like another one of those. Yeah. So uh, that was a little side note. We finished our family trip down to Florida. It was very nice. Everybody in the airport and on the planes was wearing masks because it's Everybody required. Most yep. importantly, nobody made a fuss about it, which is what I yep. was worried about. But yeah, I yep. got to see mom and dad and Hannah and each other for the first time in like 16 months, I think. Mm-hmm. And got to hang out a bit. And it was fun. It was really nice to see everyone. It was. It was. We were, of course, in Florida. Um, you do still see some people wearing masks. But definitely, for the most part, people were not wearing masks. Right. Going into stores, the employees were almost always wearing masks. Not every time, but almost always. Well, I mean, the rise in COVID cases is really disheartening. But it's also been very interesting to see the um, Republican leaders trying to encourage people to get the vaccine. Because right now, way more Democrats have said they're vaccinated than Republicans. Yep. And... It's been pretty clear that most of the people that have been hospitalized with new cases are unvaccinated. So you have all of these GOP members that have been casting aspersions on the vaccinations and telling people, we're not going to force anybody. We're not going to shove this down people's throats. It's freedom, freedom. And people are getting bad cases of it, and they're trying to tell people to vaccinate, and people are lashing out at them. Like DeSantis, Governor DeSantis in Florida was telling people to vaccinate, and there are people out there who are saying he's a sellout, that somebody must have bribed him to say that. And I just, they've obviously got the tiger by the tail. They've been encouraging people to disregard the recommendation about vaccines because they were telling people what they wanted to hear. And now they don't know how to make it stop. No, no. And I think you and I both follow Angry Staffer Mm -hmm. on Twitter. Don't know who that is. They say that they have been, you know, well-placed in Washington, D.C. So... I tend to think they're pretty legitimate and I trust their responses. And someone asked them why they thought the Republicans had done that switcheroo. And he said, it's a lot of people have been saying it's because the Republicans suddenly realized that by encouraging their followers to not get vaccinated, they were killing off their base. But he actually felt that there had been an internal poll that was done that just murdered the Republicans, and it was all regarding the vaccinations, mm-hmm. that people were not happy about their stance. And so that's what made them turn around, just the idea of, you know, it's it's all about power. So, <sighs> yeah. yeah. North Carolina still hasn't hit 50% vaccination, but we're crawling towards it at, you know, one-tenth of a percent every single day. But more than more than half of North Carolina has had at least one shot. So that's good. good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they are still saying, you know, it is possible to get sick, even if you've been vaccinated. But the vaccination keeps you from dying Mm -hmm. if you do. And so that's something to remember. You know, a lot of people are like, Oh, they're saying now everybody should wear masks. I thought you were safe if you got the vaccination. It's like, well, you can still carry it around, especially Mm -hmm. since there are so many unvaccinated people out there. So 
Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, there is that. And the other traumatic yes. news during our vacation was that my phone absolutely bricked and I had to get a new one. Wow. And let me tell you, that was a scary 24 hours. No phone? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, you had your laptop with you, so you weren't completely cut off. I know, right? God. Mm-hmm. Went into withdrawal for a while. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was fun to go home and see everybody. Went to the beach a few times and actually went to a restaurant, which is just such a, a weird experience. I'm just like, oh my God, somebody's just going to bring my food to my table. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we're all back home now. Of course, we didn't record a single episode, but we were down there. We talked about doing it, but it just never happened. Yeah, we were going to maybe discuss uh, the new season of Love, Death, and Robots with Hannah, but Hannah's apparently only watched a few episodes, and she wasn't impressed. And I got to tell yeah. you, I wasn't all that impressed either. Um, no. I thought the one by the guy who did um, Pear Cider and Cigarettes and Zima mm-hmm. Blue... That, the imagery on that one was gorgeous. It's definitely my favorite as far as animation. The story was fine. And that's kind of how I feel about most of the episodes this year. They were fine. Yeah, I didn't really... I finished watching all the episodes and my response was, oh, that's it? And that's what worries me is because there were so many people who, of course, had problems with the first season, me included, the treatment of women and everything. And so you get this season and the stories seem to be toned down a bit and there definitely wasn't as much violence. And a lot of people are not really satisfied with this season. And so I'm afraid that they're going to go after those of us who had a problem with the first season and be like, well, now you ruined it. (laughs) I didn't, I mean, it wasn't the violence I had a problem with. It was that they were making the violence against women sexy. I yeah, thought. it was the the sexualization of violence. It was making women really, really vulnerable in a naked kind of way. We're both yeah. thinking of the witness. I think. Yeah, we are. We are. But yeah, it was all over the place on that one. But the stories were still compelling. Yeah, I, you know, there's there was nothing in this season that was like. Um, um, Sunny's Edge. No, which I have watched that one so many times. And yes, there's violence against women in that one, but it's just, God, I. I don't know. The more I watch the first season, the more I do enjoy it, the more I still believe that there was a problem with the storytelling. But it, the second season just couldn't hold a candle to no, it. Unfortunately. No, no, unfortunately. But what we did enjoy was we did finish watching the Loki TV series. And oh, man. I, oh, man. I am so happy. Um, I would have wanted a really good outcome for Loki, for both of the Lokis. But yes. The fact that they left on a cliffhanger that works so well, and we yeah. are just gonna ha- it's gonna have to continue. And a lot of people are talking about how this and WandaVision is definitely going to tie in with the next Doctor Strange movie, yes. you know, the Multiverse yes. of Madness, I think. Which oh, so many cartoons out there of Doctor Strange just looking at all the people involved in these TV series. What did you do? <laughs> Oh, man. And spoilers, of course. That kiss. <sighs> Loved it. And we've it never great. seen Loki kiss anybody before, no, have we? No, of course not. No, oh. because he was never like a romantic character in any of them. He was um, a good-looking, sexy character, but not romantic. So, But uh. I will tell you, I have heard some people complain about it, though. Because mm. Loki... In this TV series, they admitted that Loki is bi. That is absolutely canon. It is out there. But talk is cheap. And a lot of people have pointed out that what Loki and Sylvie have is like this weird combination between masturbation and incest. And the writers even thought that 
was safer than doing a gay storyline. Yeah, I can understand. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That is true. I mean, it's once again, it's a bit of queer baiting. Yeah. Um, and I've definitely seen it before. I mean, I'm happy. But then again, oh, yeah. I was their target audience. And a lot of people yeah. feel a little bit disrespected by that, which I can yeah. understand. Boy, I was looking through for some Loki fan art. If you go to the site, we have both our instant messenger conversation while we watched the last episode. And we have a fan art gallery of Loki. And of course, Hugh also did a review of the season. So it was all Loki all the time that last week. But I was looking around for more Loki fan art. I had not realized there were so many Loki Mobius shippers out Oh, there. yes. Yes. Oh, a, yeah, lot of people. a lot. I have to admit, that's adorable, that particular really ship. Cute. And it yeah, all, it, so many of them involve jet skis. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I could totally say it. I just remember that when, so there were so many people who had shipped Jeff Goldblum's character with uh, Tom Hiddleston's character in Thor Ragnarok. And I love the fact that Jeff Goldblum was freaking delighted. Yes, he, he was. was great. <laughs> I love, he made some comment in an interview about how he said that Loki is obviously a very tender and sensitive lover. Like, oh, I love it. I love it. That was kind of hinted at in Thor Ragnarok, wasn't it? That yeah, Jeff Goldblum's character was kind of a sugar daddy to Loki. That was sort of implied, yeah, I think. And certainly had this like anything goes kind of attitude. It seemed like he'd be like, oh yeah, he would definitely have sex with anything he found attractive. No mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so anyway, yeah, we've I don't know how long we have to wait until a season two. And I just I love the fact that they get to the end. I'm like, what? They're leaving it there? And they. We said, oh, there's a post-credit scene. It just says, I'll be back in season two. What? The <laughs> oh, the one time when I was just so hoping for another post-credit scene to wrap things the heck up. And that was what we got. Ah. That's what we got. So, yeah, anyway. Loved it, though. Oh, <sighs> I loved it. But loved it. It was great. I'm yeah. so happy with that series. I think they just oh, did yeah. oh, a yeah. fantastic job. They did. I think I liked it a little bit better than WandaVision, but I think that's only because I've always liked the character Loki a little bit better than Wanda. And that's yeah. the only reason. When it comes to, like, production values and storytelling and all that kind of stuff, I really can't pick between the two. No, no. I think they did an amazing job in both of those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on. Uh, there was a lot of stuff uh, came out of Comic-Con this weekend. I don't know if anybody was paying attention to the SDCC online stuff. We had trailers and clips for all three Walking Dead shows. There's like The Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, and The Walking Dead, what is it? The Something like The Lost World or The Second World or The New World. I don't know. but I, Which I have not, I've not watched any of that in a really long time. I saw an announcement that Blade Runner 2049 or... I don't remember what the title is, but we're getting a Blade Runner animated series, I think. Oh, well, I'm in, that's for sure. Yeah, it's set in between the original Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. So, yeah, I'm intrigued. Uh, Yeah, I'll watch it. No problems there. We also had a trailer for the new Dexter show, which by the trailer, the production values look very high. I mean, it definitely picks up where the series left off. Spoilers, he's out in some... I don't know, area out in the middle of nowhere is a fisherman or a shop owner in a small town or something. I don't know. It looks good. I'm hopeful. I Honestly, it would be hard for it to be any worse than the final episode. That's what I've been hearing. It's why I haven't yeah. even tried to go back to that. Although, when his wife got killed at the end of that one season, that was kind of where I stopped. I mean, I, yeah. I tried to stick with it a little bit longer, but I was like, ugh, I just, I'm still so bummed out. Yeah, yeah. There, there were definitely some good episodes after that episode, 
But the show had reached its high watermark, I think, and it was a real slow slide into what the final episode was, which was dreadful. But oh, dear. Um, yeah, I am. I am hopeful. We've got that one on our social medias. I didn't do a post about that one because I didn't get any notifications about the panel. So anyway, no, no. Oh, we also had a trailer for the new season of Doctor Who, which means it's even more ridiculous that I haven't watched the last two seasons. <sighs> I don't. They are not making it available as yeah. easily as they did the first few seasons. There's no BBC America. Yeah. There's no. It's not showing up on Netflix or Prime. I mean, they need to get it to us. Because there's a lot of American fans that would kind of like to see that without having to pay a premium for one more streaming service. And I don't even know which streaming service one would need to get in order to watch the new episodes. Pretty sure you can buy them for between two and three dollars an episode on Amazon Prime or buy the season if you want as well, which is basically like so tedious. I know. I know. What is this? The Stone Ages? (laughs) And yeah, that's pretty much all the SDCC news. We did participate in the art show. Did you have any sales? Um, No, I haven't but I wasn't really expecting anything. I think maybe if we were to do it again, I might actually work through the website to do sales. I mean, we were recommended to not because they take a cut of your proceeds. But then again, so does Etsy. So, but it was, I think it was a much better design this year to be able to, you could scroll through all the different uh, shops in alphabetical order and they had all the little preview pictures so you could get an idea of what each artist was doing and whether you wanted to click and see more rather than Tumblr, which was the eternal scroll, which didn't yeah. work as well. But still, no. guy who uh, put it together, Glenn Wooten, bang up job on all yeah. of that. Really good work. Really good work. I did get one person bought some stuff, but I don't know if that was because of the show or somebody just found me randomly on Etsy. So uh, I have no idea. But yeah, I thought the exact same thing. I didn't have it set up through the eventy site. It was just kind of like, hey, to buy some of this stuff, click through to Etsy. And I think some people are like, I don't want to. So, <laughs> so here's hoping that they actually do a in-person con next year if we can get this pandemic under control. So mm, guys, get your vaccinations. And what else do we have? I believe we have the new season of Beastars got started. I'm three episodes in and it is moving along. Oh, this wow. is, I think, a bit darker than the first season. There's oh, more... Wow. Yeah, it's there was a development happening with one of the characters that did surprise me. I mean, I was wondering how they were going to deal with it. And then I saw it and I'm like, oh, I can believe that. But wow, that's really dark. So yeah, I'm, yeah. the animation, of course, is still amazing. I mean, there was one point when Legoshi is talking with Juno and yep. she's still mad at him from last season. And sure. she's she's starting to cry. And she turns around and she's like making noises like, ugh, like that. Like, you know, what you would do if you can't even talk, you're so upset with somebody. And for some reason, the way they animated all of that was just wonderful. I mean, it was a throwaway second of animation. But it, they work so hard at doing the expressions on these characters. And it's just fantastic. Oh, they do such a great job. I'm actually halfway through, well, almost halfway through the first season, because I've only ever watched it all the way through the one time, and I had watched it dubbed. So now I'm watching it with subtitles. It's definitely better with subtitles. It's reaching me more. I feel like it's a more, I mean, I enjoyed it the first time around. But I think the dubbed voices were just distracting. And also, I think there's something about seeing a subtitle translation. If a line doesn't make sense, I feel like 
you're more likely to give it a pass because you're aware that it's a translation. Mm-hmm, you're like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. it's probably, you know, so it doesn't come across as seeming silly or weird or out there. Just like, oh, this is probably just as best as they could translate it fine. But really pretty. I just, right before we started recording, I cut to the episode with the chicken. <laughs> just, <laughs> I so cannot weird. imagine how weird that would have been in the dubbed because it was weird enough in subtitles. Yeah, it was really, I mean, I only just got to the episode, so I haven't even heard the character character talk yet so I'm curious to see but yeah I remember it was super weird and dubbed but mm-hmm. oh, just beautiful art though that's what I, I I have a plan for doing a fan art it's when Ruiz and he's in the hospital after he had broken his leg mm-hmm. and you see him and he's alone in the hospital and there's that window behind him with the moon in it and he kind of turns and looks and it's a profile and it's so beautiful and I just want to do a fan art of that. Yay! Really, All right. Really lovely. Yeah. You were going to do one too, aren't you? I'm working on one right now. It's actually, I read the first couple of manga, which I had never read before. And oh. I was interested to see that they give more information both about the play, the Adler play, and yeah. about what Tem was thinking as he was being slaughtered. And there's oh. a weird parallel thing going on that I just oh. decided, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and do something stylized like that. And it'll be the last picture in my Brooklyn Art Library sketchbook. Nice. So I need to do that because it's getting close to time when we need to mail those in. Yeah, it's August, but when in August is it? The back of my books is August 31st, which feels later than it was last year. But yeah, 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 yeah. I, w- I want to check to be sure, because I put a lot yeah. of work into this, and I don't want to be late. No, I've got three more pages to finish, so I need to get on that. <laughs> okay, so then moving on to the next next thing would be, well, we haven't discussed the past few episodes of Laura Olympus, but there was a lot of, I don't know, it... it didn't advance the story very much the last few episodes and definitely advanced the story this episode. Holy cow. Oh, so leading up to this, okay, so Artemis has obviously talked to Hermes and Hermes has told her stuff that's made her and him very uncomfortable about what may have had been happening between Persephone and Apollo. We don't know if he knew everything. We don't know if he told Artemis everything, but Apollo went to talk to Hermes to try to find Artemis and Hermes told Apollo, well, I think Artemis is mad at you. And that's really worrying Apollo right now. So he's going down to the mortal realm where Artemis is. At the same time, the nymph Echo is setting up a reunion between all of uh, Hera's children because she wants to cheer Hera up. I think Echo means well, but it's really odd because that is not something that I would think would cheer uh, Hera up, having to deal with all of the kids. But maybe, maybe if they were all showing that they were concerned about her, that might help her feel better. So, So they're going down. And I think Daphne and... Thanos, Thanatos, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, they're obviously dating and they're going to go down to the mortal realm. And also Eros is going down to do something on behalf of Aphrodite. And he's taking the nymph that is actually Psyche in disguise. So the end of the episode said three gods, a nymph and a mortal disguised as a nymph are going down to the mortal realm and it's going to be a disaster, and one of these souls isn't going to come back to Olympus. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, what? Are you kidding me? What do you mean? Does that mean someone's going to die? Does that mean someone's just not going to come home? I mean, what? Oh. Well, if, it, if it's, I mean, we know that Daphne 
in the traditional myth, she was the one who turned into a laurel tree, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, because she was so. running away from Apollo. And a few people yeah. are wondering, is Apollo going to see her and Thanatos together and get mad and turn her into a tree? Or is he going to chase her in absolute fury and she's going to have to turn into a tree to escape? We don't know. We have no idea. So, yeah. I honestly, my bet so far is on Daphne. I feel like I don't want to say that the character is disposable, but she also is not like as entwined into the story as everybody else. And there is an out in traditional Greek mythology for her <laughs> to be turned into a tree and not come back. So we'll see. But this week's episode had mm-hmm. Apollo actually talking to his mother, Leto, after Leto had gotten done talking with Persephone. And yep. I liked the interchange between these two because mm-hmm. Leto is pissed. Yep. Now, she didn't specifically call out Apollo for the whole, you don't have to like me to be my wife. But she did say, you're the most beloved of all the youth gods. And Persephone doesn't want to have anything to do with you. So you must have really screwed this one up. Yeah. And she told Apollo, Persephone doesn't like you. And he said, well, of course she does. And she said, you're either lying to me about your relationship or you're delusional. And I'm thinking, how about both? Both. Both. It's totally both. Because he can't, because he's always like identified as the most beloved of the youth gods, he cannot comprehend anyone not liking him. So he doesn't think what he did to Persephone was wrong because he figured she wanted it anyway, because obviously everybody wants to have sex with Apollo. And now Leto is not not saying anything about, oh, you must have hurt her or you must have treated her bad or why did you say that to hurt her feelings, something like that. It's less of that and more of a, Apollo, you had one job. Yep, that's, she just, she's just pissed that he just, whatever he did, he did it wrong. But she also tells him that Persephone is absolutely in love with Hades, which for a second there almost just for a second made it sound like Leto was just like, she can't be with you. She's in love with someone else. But then Leto followed it up with, she's like a bitch in heat. And I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious. Whoa, wow. And she also told Apollo, your only option at this point is to have Persephone be given to you by Zeus. And Mm -hmm. Apollo said, well, I don't think that's going to happen. And she said, why? And he said, I think Zeus is mad at me. I kind of lost my temper with him. And of course, Leto is just like, oh, God, one job. Yep, yep, she's pissed. But, you know, none of this is her way of saying, this isn't going to work. You screwed it up. You should give up. This is just her being irritated that now it's going to be more difficult, but it's still going to happen. And she said, I went down to the underworld and I have something that will probably get you back into Zeus's good graces. And she's got a birdcage and in the birdcage is a bird and it's Demeter in disguise. So they're going to hand Demeter over to Zeus and it's all on now. Yeah. Did you know, because I didn't get it at first. I saw the bird and I just... I wasn't paying attention. I'm reading it too fast. And I went into the comments and they're like, oh, the bird is Demeter. I'm like, oh, of course the bird's Demeter. Oh my God, she was in disguise. Holy crap. I didn't know what it was until I looked at the bird's expression and the bird is pissed. I'm like, why would that? Oh my God, that's right. It's Demeter in disguise. Yep. So yeah, it's on. And that's, we didn't see anybody else. It was really just the two of them, though. Apollo was asking after Artemis at the beginning of the episode. So hopefully he's going to talk to her at some point. Yeah. And I do wonder, because he does seem very worried. And I don't know if he's upset that Artemis is mad at him or if he's actually scared of Artemis. 
it's funny. I was interpreting it as it's his twin sister, and he just can't stand the idea of her being mad at him. He doesn't mm-hmm. like anybody to not like him, but, you know, this is his family, so it's even worse. So I don't know. Oh, we did actually see Hephaestus and Hades at the beginning of the episode, and um, uh, Persephone got to meet Hephaestus, and that was really creepy for him because Hephaestus was the one who Hera got to wipe out all the naked pictures of her off of Apollo's phone. And now Hephaestus is seeing her and he's like, oh my God. But he did see her and he was like, you look happy. And yeah. she's like, thank you, I am happy. I think she'd have him on her side if it came down to the Olympians going toe to toe about this whole thing. Yeah, I think so. But I loved how she introduced herself because Hades introduced Persephone and she said, hi, I'm a felon. <laughs> I thought that was rather cute. Hades is like, we didn't really have to go there, but okay. Yeah, so that's all for Laura Olympus. Uh, definitely moved faster this week than it has in the past few weeks. Ooh, so. yeah. Boy. All right. So you had something you wanted to talk about the My Dad Wrote a Borno series. Yes, uh, The I, I'm pretty sure... The final episode of the season. Nope. Turns out Catherine was listening to the second to last episode of My Dad Wrote a Porno Season 6. The final episode comes out August 2nd. Dropped as I was outside listening to something else. Because oh, as wow. soon as I finished another episode of something else, it immediately clicked over to My Dad Wrote a Porno um, Season 6, Episode 9. And they're thinking, ah, 69. There's no way he planned that. There's no. absolutely no way he, he set that one up. Anyway. No. Um, but... Okay, so I haven't finished it yet. It's fantastic. It's all the ranting and the raving and all the silliness and poking holes in it. But the good news is that the last time we heard from them, uh, they said that Jamie was having to self-quarantine because he'd caught COVID. Yeah. They announced at the beginning of the episode, his test came back negative, so he did not have COVID. He just had a really bad cold, which apparently is what the new strain of COVID sometimes disguises itself as if you've had of your vaccination. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I'm glad it wasn't COVID, though. I Me knew he had gotten vaccinated. I, I was almost positive they had gotten vaccinated. Yeah. But then they said they had to postpone. I haven't listened to the last episode or the second to last episode. I don't know why I've been so behind. But yeah, it's um it's definitely fun. I've really enjoyed this entire season. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the yeah. footnotes have been great, too. And they're mm-hmm. just having so much fun. But my God. I think it was a regular episode where Alice accidentally referred to Rocky by his <gasps> real name. And yes. James just doing this klaxon-like scream in the background. Ah! Apparently <laughs> <laughs> that's never happened in the entire time they were recording. Nope. I had to rewind and listen to that a bunch of times. Because the, they bleeped it out. And I was like, yep. wait a minute, what the heck is happening there? And then they just all went nuts. Yep, yep. It took a second to realize what she'd actually done. I'm sure it... The look on her face must have been priceless. She must have been so shocked and appalled at herself for having it. Because you don't know Rocky as anything else other than Rocky Flintstone. Rocky Flintstone. That's it. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, I need to get caught up on that one. I'm also behind on uh, No Such Thing as a Vision. Ooh, I did listen to both the second episode and the fourth episode of Limetown while I was on the plane. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, those both episodes have such a good jump scare in them. They're just yes. really like, <gasps> the second episode was when I was on a train at one point and listened to it and made me jump. And it made me jump again. I had forgotten how bad the jump scare is at the end of the fourth episode. That I, one will get you. Yeah, it really does. Oh, my goodness. I mean, they had that scene in the TV show, but oh, it really? wasn't it wasn't nearly as scary because you're seeing everything. It's so much right. scarier to hear everything. Yeah, yeah, because of the, the tone going on in the background that he'd set mm-hmm. up and you hear that and you're like, oh, this is bad. This, this is, is really bad. bad. This is bad. <sighs> you know, I don't think I ever finished up the second season and I don't know why, but I should do this. I think at some point it's because I had 
read the book and I was really let down by the book. So I think I might have just checked out. (sighs) Yeah. And I think the book, it's necessary to understand everything that's going on in the second season. But other than that, it's not necessary to read that book because it's written by committee, I think, unfortunately. And I think the characterizations Uh, are all wrong. And there's stuff that the characters learn in the book that they probably should have known by the first season, but they act like they don't. And I think that's probably because the information was made up after the first season was such a runaway hit. So yeah, yeah, the second season's fine. I definitely recommend it, especially, I think the second to last episode is really, really good. Okay, all right, I'll finish it up eventually. Unless, of course, I actually did finish it and I just have no memory of it whatsoever, which is always the case, so. That could also be it. Listen again, yeah. But I guess that is going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the fan art galleries. We do have, I mean, we don't have a lot of posts from SDCC. Like Marvel only did two panels this year. So that was weird. The the only thing that they had. But we still have a few uh, posts for SDCC and with links back to a lot of the panels, which is the nice thing about having SDCC online is that the panels are almost all like right there. Did you miss the panel? There's a recording right there. No problem. So check that out and more pixeladygeek.com. So I think by next week, mm, we might, yeah, I think we've got a new episode dropping this coming Saturday of Night Vale. Saturday or Sunday, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So have that and other stuff in the nerd world, I'm sure as usual. So one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. They, oh, what did they do? Um, it was who's the guy who plays in um, uh, who was shirtless in Jurassic Park? Um, Ian McKellen. No, not Ian McKellen. Shoot, Ra- Ian was the character's name. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum.